It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Whites. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. This is the press box. Cameron Stewart, Ernest Sexton, and uh, her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now there's an artist out there named her, so you might want to like. Stephanie Oiler. It is not her, but rather her. Yeah, her. as he points to me. As I point, which everyone can see in the car. What can I say? <laughs> Already coming in, making demands. Turn my headphones down. Oh, well, all I can hear is screaming in my ears. Mm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean That's to okay. All right. Is it better? Not much going on in the uh, NFL or college <laughs> football. Uh, not at all. Slow week. <laughs> can I get a vibe check on the 1994 Cleveland Browns coaching staff? <laughs> <laughs> Anything happened with them recently? Uh, oh what my an upset goodness. everywhere. Yesterday everywhere. when we left the airways, it was Pete Carroll bowing out or mutually agreeing don't really know the whole true circumstances about it, but his press conference a little bit later on, he did say it was mutually agreed upon that he would step aside, which means ownership said, hey, we're going a different direction. If you want to hang around, you, you can hang around. This? Yeah. yeah. If you want to I've, hang around, we'll let you hang around the building, but we're going a different direction. Basically, been, basically is what I got out of that press conference. I've been mutually agreed upon before. Yeah. To part ways. She still won't answer my calls. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was probably something where, if I had to guess, I, I'm sure Carol might have even been leaning towards like, oh, I'm 72, I don't really want to do the sideline thing anymore. And the Seahawks were probably like, yeah, we don't want you to either. I, I think it was more of he wanted to return to the sideline. I think so. I do. I really do. And is it a coincidence the day after that happens that we wake up and Bill Belichick, your coach, is out at New England? Maybe the best that's ever done it in the NFL. Maybe. maybe whoa, whoa. Maybe? I, <laughs> what's he done without I, Brady? Okay. Nothing. W- what did Chuck Nothing. Noll do without Terry Bratch? Well, I, and I agree. I what does Andrew Chuck, do without Stavak? I don't consider Chuck Noll the Okay, who is? Don't give me Shula. Uh, that's, I would say... Uh, this is a good answer. Probably say Tom Landry. Tom Landry? Okay, what did he do without Staubach? He won with multiple different quarterbacks. He won Super Bowls with one quarterback. Right. He's still a good guy. And look, he, yes, he's one of the, he, he is absolutely he is one, one of the greatest, greatest ever. He absolutely. got to the ANSC Championship game with Danny White. Should have won a Super Bowl that year, but the catch. I, I, I don't. Did, I, I don't. I, I, look, you know, he's look, a great I, I think it's a very arguable deal. <laughs> you know, Ooh, I don't but know. But I think I think Belichick probably in is at era. the top of the list. I, I do. When everything, the, the NFL in the 2000s is the closest thing to a socialist republic we have in this country. Mm-hmm. It is not meant for teams to win year after year after year with the free agency and the salary cap and the draft order and all of it. And through all of the, he has had more hurdles than any coach in history. I think. And has accomplished more than any coach in history. They didn't win before Tom Brady was there, and they didn't win after. Right. Every great coach has a great quarterback. How many Super Bowls does Tom Brady win with Bill O'Brien as his coach? It's not just not going to quarterback. He doesn't make the playoffs without him. His teams are terrible without him. He has made the playoffs with two other quarterbacks. 
in about five seasons he's, of other quarterbacks. He's had one playoff games. His 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 record without Tom Brady is terrible. Okay. And, and sure. then those yes. wins are first-round wins, and they were eliminated right Bill after. Bill Walsh didn't even have games without D- Joe Montana. I mean, like, what what are we doing, though? <laughs> I mean, we, don't, we, don't even, we don't even think of that when they, we talk about Bill Walsh. He is the what, best what coach is Shula's that record ever without coached Marino? in the NFL. Bottom line. Yeah. He's the best coach that has ever Damn. coached in the NFL. Shula's, coach, Shula's record without Marino? You think he just started winning when he got no, Marino? He, no, I'm saying if you just take away Marino, with, if you just take away Marino, his record he won, stinks. No, and he's got a couple he, Super Bowls. Absolutely Bowl. not. Okay, if you have he, Danny White in there in the 80s, what do you got? He had a perfect team with Dan... With Greasy as quarterback, yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, and he was a great coach. He is not as great as okay, Bill Belichick. Okay, okay. Uh, not even Everyone close. has a right to their own opinion. <laughs> That's what we're here for. All right, Stephanie. Yes. Greatest coach ever. Your opinion. I think, as much as I'm a Cowboy fan, I think Belichick's one of the best. I do, too. Period. There's no doubt. And I, I don't he's care. He's done a lot. I mean, the, these two can argue about who's quarterback before and after, period. I don't... I mean, yes, you've got to have a great team, great quarterback, but I do think he's in the top five. Let's just put it that way. Everyone has their own opinion. I was surprised to hear that he's he's gone. I mean, I really didn't think he was going to leave. Okay. I was going to go a whole different direction with this. <laughs> okay, but these two went all the way to the left. We have the... <laughs> <laughs> two days in a row they've done it, this. Is it coincidental? That Pete Carroll steps away from the Seattle Seahawks in the next day that Bill Belichick steps away from the Patriots. I mean, no, is, maybe. is Pete Carroll maybe a guy that goes over and takes over the Patriots? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I don't either. I mean, I don't know. I'm no, just saying there's a lot no. of coincidental things happening here. The last two Patriots head coaches retire, basically, basically well, within a day. But they did say in, in reports that Pete Carroll's going to go sit in the front office. Okay, what is he going to do in the front office? I, mean, I don't think I don't think he stays. Coach. I don't think he stays in Seattle. That would be boring. If I was a coach, I am not going to go want to yeah. sit in an office. It happens few and far between. It, it does happen. I, go be I don't a commentator, know. or go coach another, or just retire. Enjoy your life without the stress. He seems like someone who could enjoy his life. I mean, he's uh, seventy-two, yeah, but Pete Carroll can. I don't know. Does Belichick coach again? If he has any say in it, yes. If yeah, yeah. Oh, there came on that. Half the league will hire him right now. Yeah, I think I, so. I don't. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's riding off into the sunset here. I don't either. Especially don't with either. whatever it is, 14, 15 Maybe wins he'll go away to the Chargers. the record held by the greatest coach in NFL history. Here we go. <laughs> I, I, I think he's not done. I think he— No, yeah. If, I, if I, if look, there's say. a couple of reasons why I think he's not done. One, he still has the urge to coach. Two, I think he wants to break the record of Shula. Yeah. I mean, I think he really does. And I think he deserves to break that record. Sure. And he has the opportunity to if he goes to the right place. Now, where that is, I don't know. I have no idea. But I think out of the nine openings that are out there now, one of those has got to be slated for Bill Belichick. And I don't think it's going to be – he's not going to Washington. He's not going to Carolina. I don't think so. I think both (laughs) of those are out the door. Because I don't think he wants to go and do a complete total I don't think so. rehaul. I don't think so either, but I think Carolina's going to be knocking on his door. Oh, I think they'll knock. And I, think I don't there, know that he'll I answer. Is, that's, my, that's my question. Will he open the door? No. I think this I is. I think no. they have an owner dumb enough who will give him full control again. Well, he can't okay. win. How's he going to win I, there, though? I know. 
I, mean, I know. Got, I'm not even disagreeing with that. The, as much as I love Belichick, that's not. There's the right too place. much of a rebuild there right now for it's him. It's a terrible roster. Yeah, the roster's absolutely in shambles. So I don't. I think he wants to go somewhere where he might have the opportunity. Now look, we'll have Q on in a little while, and my first reaction was, "Well, Vegas has a pretty good roster." <laughs> Dip back into that well. Vegas has a pretty good roster. I know the Patriot way is not what they wanted, but, but did they but, really have the Patriot way with assistant coaches? Right. No, they did not. They could not. go right to the top here. They could go right to the top, and Al Davis could say, you know what? I'm tired of being mediocre. You take this, and let's see what happens. Because you can always change, but if you got one of the best that's ever done it sitting there, and you give him a little bit of control, I I think that roster is close enough yeah. to where he could go in there and say, okay, here's here's the tweaks we're going to make, and I think they could, they could turn it around. I, I think what is important about Vegas is I think, and I, I don't watch every Raiders game or anything, but I do think that roster is just good enough that they can give up draft capital, which yes. is big. So mm-hmm. they can bring in Belichick and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we can give up some of these picks the next couple of years. We can go out and get you a quarterback. Okay, and I don't know who that. Maybe it is even something as simple as Justin Fields, and you don't have to throw that many picks out there. But say, we'll go get one for you. You come in, and we, you know, we think this team is on the precipice of the playoffs. We want you to just bring in, and and it's your show. I could see that. I could see that. And if Al was still kicking around, he would have brought him in already. Oh, I agree. I think you'd already been flying him out. I agree. I could see. I that. think it's going to be interesting. I, now, I'm I think. The, to hear what I think the Chargers that. are off the table. Yeah, that was the one that was rumored in the middle of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Was, but I, I think the Chargers, I think they they have Harbaugh circled as their guy. Now, I know they interviewed Kellen Moore, and if you do that, Chargers, good luck. <laughs> because you got a chance Go to with get God. You got a you got a <laughs> you got a chance to get Jim Harbaugh or you're gonna put Kellen Moore in that seat. Well, come on, man. What are you what are you doing? So I I think I really think Harbaugh ends up with the Chargers. Seems foolproof. I think Seattle is already clamped down. I think Dan Quinn's there. Although, did you see the list yesterday? I did. Of Quinn's interviews. I, maybe it was too quick, but I, it came out at night, and Seattle was not on there yet. I, I just it, I, it seems too good to be true. Like, there's just no way. He doesn't there's no Seattle, way he's right? not there, right? I don't think so. I, don't, I mean, unless they can get a Harbaugh, maybe that's someone they want, but... We talked about it yesterday. I just think it starts and ends with Dan Quinn on both sides. Start it, Seattle for them. It starts and ends with Dan Quinn. For Dan Quinn, it starts and ends with Seattle. I agree. I agree. Alabama. <laughs> that that was a shocker. Not to me. It was to me. Win for the message board guys. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some guy on a message board was just like, "Hey, heard Saban called a meeting at four o'clock. You think he's retiring?" Everyone was just dragging him on Twitter, and then lo and behold, times the message board I, geniuses, they get it right. I didn't see, I didn't. I mean, Scott was like, whoa, 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 Carl Ward, is this happening? I'm like, I'm sure it's happening if it's on national television. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we didn't see that coming. Uh, interesting. It's I, all interesting. Aaron and I were talking last week a little bit about Nick Saban and the thought of him continuing as a head coach. My opinion was, if he wins the national championship, he's done immediately. 
But he didn't win. I know. But the reason being, Nick Saban hates the direction of college football right now. I kind of do, too. Absolutely despises the NIL. <laughs> I do, too. And he despises the transfer portal. Well, I yeah, too. I mean, he doesn't have a lock on college football anymore like he did before those well, two things. It, it, How I, can I, you I, when you have all this stuff going on? That's what I'm saying. On. I mean, he was, he was guaranteed to be in the playoffs pretty much every year. And he still would be with 12-team, but he's he, – the way he dominated college football is no longer possible with the transfer portal. That's, I think that's the biggest reason he's leaving. And I just – yeah, I think it's extra stuff he just doesn't want to deal with. I, I think that's the biggest thing. You he know, didn't want to deal with it. I mean, a lot has changed since he won that first national championship at LSU 20 years ago. A lot has changed anyway. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably just like, you know what? A bit too old for this. I don't, I don't well, want to keep it, up with all this stuff, too. College football free agency is going to change the landscape forever in college football. And he didn't want to deal with it. And, and I, mean, I don't blame him. It's no different than, at this point, it's no different than being the head coach and GM in the NFL. It's it's which he's already the minor done. leagues. It's the minor leagues to the NFL yeah. and it's 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 taken the ump for me college cuz I love college football, but now it's taken the ump out for me. I I agree. I mean, I I think it's in a bad place right now and it's not going to change. It's going to get worse. And I don't I I really don't blame him. And I think that there's going to be more coaches throughout the years. I don't think it's just because he can't dominate I don't think I I don't think that's it because the competitor in him is still there. He's just tired of dealing with the BS that goes along with it. Probably. Yeah. You know, you have a player playing for you and then okay, well we didn't, you know, make it to the final two and we didn't win, so I'm going to transfer. I mean, as a coach, I didn't get I'd be like snaps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get enough snaps. I'm it's, I'm going to go somewhere else. It's that attitude of well, you owe me. I need this. I, you know, it, well, it's it's the attic. soft society it's we live in. Snowflake. Yes. Snowflake. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> college basketball last night. More upsets in college basketball. We'll touch on that next in the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Big 12 Women's Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The fourth-ranked Baylor women on the road at Iowa State on Saturday, 11.30 a.m. for the countdown to tip-off. High noon tip-off Saturday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's my own. Start off 2024 in style with the new Buick Envision from Richard Carr. Rated the number one compact SUV from J.D. Powers, the Envision has room for the family, advanced safety features, and a whispered quiet drive. Right now, qualified buyers save 5000 on a 2023 Buick Envision at Richard Carr Buick or lease a new, well-equipped 2023 Buick Envision for only $335 per month. Call now, get here now, or log on now and drive home in your new Buick today. Richard Carr, we give you more. Chronic pain can be very bossy. What do I mean? 
It tells you what you can or can't do. Sometimes it even has the audacity to keep you from working. I missed almost three weeks of work, and I was no longer able to play tennis. The pain was really debilitating sometimes. I missed Thanksgivings. Abby was ready to put the bossy bad back in her past. And that's when she discovered QC Kinetics and their non-surgical treatments for pain. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine with tens of thousands of satisfied patients, people who have experienced real lasting relief without drugs and without surgery. It has just been the most life-changing, amazing experience. Not only life-changing, but career-saving. I get to continue to do the career that I love. I'm playing tennis again. Stop letting that joint pain boss you around. Start with a free consultation at QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. Hey, come on, come along, take a ride. There's a party over there that ain't no job. It's live, live, it's all the way live. Don't even and welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. College basketball world is on its ear right now as Kansas goes down to UCF last night. And now you look at college basketball, and it is the first time in the history of the Associated Press, that four top five teams have lost to unranked teams in a two-day span. Wow. How about that? Wow. And watching that Kansas game last night, Ward, I was shaking, scared, terrified. <laughs> this league, man, it's, it's going to kill us all. This league. I mean, UCF was, I mean, outside of West Virginia, which is almost, you know, honorable mention at Big 12 rankings. I mean, everyone was like, well, UCF stinks. You know, they've never been good at basketball. That's They're going to get run over in this league. And just all they do is first conference home game beat Kansas. It's going to kill us all. There's no easy games in this conference. No, there's not. It's incredible. I mean, 
poor West Virginia might not win a game in this conference after seeing something like that. Uh, and, we, you know, because we talked about, I think Iowa State's going to be good. They're going to be a ranked team. Uh, but UCF was on nobody's radar. None. Nobody's. None and whatsoever. Just beat Kansas, who, if you, like, held a gun to me yesterday and said, who's going to win the national championship, I would have said Kansas. They just go and lose to UCF. It's this, incredible this what's happening in basketball right it's now. And, and Purdue, they lose to Nebraska. How about Fred Hoiberg? Huh? Yeah. And Houston loses to Iowa State. Now you've got Tennessee, ranked number five, lost to Mississippi State. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. And then last State night, Kansas just absolutely cannot get it done against what we thought was the bottom two, maybe the bottom yeah. of the Big 12, yeah. UCF. I think them in West Virginia could probably stand in the middle of the court and they, go fisticuffs Yeah, they would find be in out. the irrelevant bowl yes. of basketball, of Big 12 basketball. But all of a sudden, here they go, and they take down Kansas. It's humbling. Like, it makes me, I will now appreciate every Baylor win a little bit more. Like, just to think. I think you have to. Hey, we played a ranked team on Tuesday, and you know, one of the top scoring offenses in America and beat them. And, you know, at, at first it was like, eh, well, that wasn't very impressive, blah, blah, blah. And I talked myself into, well, it's the Big 12. And then I see this and what's happened in the last two, three days here. And I'm like, boy, this is like beating a top five team all of a sudden. Just the, that feeling around it mm-hmm. when all these other teams go down and now Baylor skyrockets to the top of the conference. They... If they win on Saturday, even against an unranked Cincinnati team, they'll make a big jump in the AP rankings because of all these teams losing. But this is just – Scott Drew said it on the way out of his presser after the BYU game because number one and number two both went down that night. He said, just another night in college basketball, I guess. I guess that's what this is this year. What the, are we looking incredible. at in college basketball? The parody. Why? Is it – again, we talk about it in football, mm-hmm. and we talk about it – being a more even playing field in football because of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Are we starting to see the NIL and transfer portal getting college basketball on a more even court? I think that's what it's got to be. And it was never. What as, else could it be? Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I, I can't give you a specific example. Oh, of, you know, Tennessee as this player. And that's why, you know, I, I, I don't know that, but. And, and to be fair, the the court was more even than the field was in 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 football. But you're right. I mean, it's just it's complete parity now, and that's the only thing I can think of. And and teams are able to bring in battle tested guys because I mean, you know, with basketball more so than football, if you have two real top end players, mm-hmm. you're you're pretty well set. Like you're you're a tournament team, right? Um, in the right conference at least, and. That, that's why I think you see the transfer portal have more of an impact even on basketball because now all of a sudden someone like a, an Iowa State, you know, who's good but not great, can bring in someone who was a top 30 prospect who, you know, didn't get any shine at Michigan State or something like that, and he comes in and now all of a sudden they're, you know, knocking off the number two team in the country or someone like Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. is able to bring in, whether it be these prospects who don't get enough playing time or the Scott Drew route of guys who are experienced at, at lower levels uh, but have played a lot of basketball, and you can come up and bring them in and they and they step right into the Big Ten with no fear. And I think that's that's got to be it. I, I don't know what else it, it could be. I mean, 
sure that the talent is more widespread coming out of high schools than it used to be, but it, it's it's truly anyone's anyone's sport right now, especially when you come to the single elimination sixty eight team tournament that was always made for more of those you know obviously the upsets and the parody than other sports, but now more than ever. More than ever. And we had this last year, too, where looking at the tournament going into it, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't can't, know. And you can't fact, call I don't, it in I don't know basketball any, right now. I don't know if any of my final four picks actually made it last year before the tournament. I mean, we had, what, Miami and FAU and UConn and San Diego State in the final four. Like, is that great for the sport? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I know you don't have North Carolina or Duke or Kansas in there, but I think that is good for the sport. Well, you always hear, too, though, you got to have the blue bloods involved in it, right? You know when North Carolina's good, or when name it, whoever yeah. you want to put on the front of the Indiana, jersey, yeah, whoever, Kentucky, yeah. You know those guys that that you really want to see succeed and have the big following when they're in the Final Four. It's better for the game. Is that really true at this point where we are with the transfer portal? Is that is that statement? now a thing of the past good question uh, i think i think the ncaa would always prefer to have one of those teams in the final four well, i do too you know I, I do but for me as a fan it doesn't really matter to me that much sure having you know butler versus duke is better than butler versus san diego state in the final four yeah but you know i watched it just as keenly last year with you know, four teams that not a lot of people expected to be there. Maybe UConn, they did. And, you know, UConn runs through the tournament without any single-digit games. And I was thinking, that was still a great tournament. You know, it, that's the kind of the beauty of March Madness is there's always going to be a high, high entertainment level. You know, no matter who wins it out in the end, it's, it's still going to be a good enough product that you're going to get the ratings, not just that year, but the next year as well. Right. Like it's always going to, you're always going to know there's going to be upsets. There's going to be craziness. It's, it's always going to be there. Is this year leaning to be more different than last year? I know it's early, Mm -hmm. but again, for the first time since the AP poll came up, top five teams have all been beat in the same week. Are we, traveling down a path that the parody is so close together that the NCAA tournament is going to be even more chaos than we've seen before. And I know we used to call them Cinderella teams, but is there really a Cinderella team with the parody that we're at right now? I think it's a good point. I think it probably will be a little bit more chaotic. And I think what will contribute to that too is we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday, but with how many bids the Big 12 and the SEC are going to have in the NCAA tournament, you're going to see good teams from those conferences as five or six seeds. You just are. I mean, that's that's going to be the nature of the beast. And maybe maybe it's a team like TCU that goes, you know, barely over 500 in the conference, but they've got some big, you know, top five, top 10 wins under their belt. By the way, a top 10 win last night um, for TCU. And they come in and shock a number one seed from the ACC. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, the Big 12 people won't be too surprised at it, but the nation sure will, you know? And it's, 
I think you are going to see more of that. And, you know, we saw last year, I don't even remember what those seeds were. UConn was only like a three or a four. They weren't a number one. And then, you know, San Diego State's like an eight. Or FAU's like an eight. And uh, I think you're going to see more of that, which is, which is great for the sport. I mean, it really is. I, you know, I know there are people, there will be people who will push back on that and say you need the Blue Bloods down there. Personally, Maybe it's because I'm not a fan of a blue blood team, but I don't care if Kentucky's there or not. I don't care if North Carolina or Duke are there or not. I, to me, as long as it's good basketball, which it's always going to be, I'm I'm here for it. Well, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, though. But does the NCAA care? Right. Yeah, they because do. of what they can fill the seats with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if they had their druthers, they would have one of absolutely. those teams in every year, maybe two. And that would also be great for the sport, too, because people are still going to tune in. You know, we had that North Carolina-Duke semifinal a couple years ago. Of, of course, that's going to draw big numbers, too. But, yeah, when you're putting on an event like what the Final Four is, you know, football stadium, one of the top five sporting events of the year, uh, you do want it to look good on TV. And that's what happens when you have those teams in there. It just no, does, no secret doesn't it? About it. Yeah, yeah and, and of course, yeah, of course that's the way the NCAA is going to want to go. They win either way. You know, if they have a, a Duke-Carolina semifinal, it's a huge victory for them. But if they have an FAU-San Diego State semifinal, they're saying, well, look, you've got to tune in. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. College football's tried to sell that for a long time. We love college football. I don't know if anything can happen is the right slogan for them. <laughs> In no. college basketball, especially now, it certainly is. And especially within this conference that we're following every night. The Big 12, I mean, it was cliche over the years, but it's so true. Any given night, you cannot slip up. Well, just look at last night. Kansas gets beat by UCF. Oklahoma, number nine team in the country. They go down to TCU, and TCU gets the win 80-71. to 71. And I don't know. I, I watched part of that game. I don't know it was that close. No, it wasn't. And what's even more proving our point about the parity is – that wasn't even, to me, that wasn't that big an upset. I mean, it's an upset, right? Unranked team meets well, a top yeah, 10 team. Well, yeah, quote-unquote upset. But for those of but us in who the watched Big 12, the Big 12, yes. I don't know that you can call anything in the Big 12 a true upset unless... It's UCF beating Kansas. UCF beating Kansas <laughs> that's, that's or West Virginia beating anybody. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that's those true. are the two teams you look at and you go, yeah, that's not supposed to happen. Right, those are the ones where you as a fan are like, oh boy, like, what That's is a this, bad loss. This changes my outlook on this team kind of thing. Uh, you know, if you're losing to a, a TCU or even an Oklahoma State or someone like that at this point, you're not pulling your – or Cincinnati who almost knocks off Texas and that's Baylor's next opponent. You're, you're not ripping your hair out. You're just saying, golly, this conference is tough. This league is tough. It's I said a grind. The beginning, I mean, the champion of this league is going to have six losses, seven losses in the conference. In the conference, they, that could that could be it. I could see a five or six team, five or six loss team in the conference wow. win the turn win not the tournament the, the win the league outright. I think it's that good, and you know you look at the ACC; their champion will have two conference losses. You know, mm-hmm. I mean it's that is it's a lot, but I think that's gonna I think that can happen because I could see. I mean, just because of the power dynamic at the top, man, Kansas, Houston, Baylor are even though two of those are coming off a loss and Baylor is not, those are clearly the, the top three. And I could see each of those teams losing to 
and some have, to an Iowa State, to an Oklahoma, to even a Texas still. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And so th- those those pile up because then they're going to have to play each other too. So I could see a six-loss team in the conference win, win the regular season. Now, does that, does that help this conference <laughs> going into the postseason? Or is it detrimental to this conference going into the postseason having that meat grinder of a schedule mm. and just beating the tar out of each other throughout the regular season? I'm still going back and forth on that. I am. I, I, don't, I don't know. Because in theory... I want to think of it simplistically of when you go into the NCAA tournament out of the Big 12, you are not getting a team that is of the caliber of the middle the middle of your conference until the second weekend, most times. Right, I think back to two years ago, Baylor got that awful matchup with North Carolina, and they lost. But for the most part, you are not going to be playing a team that is on equal footing of the fourth or fifth fourth or fifth best team in your conference until the second weekend. So in that theory, it should be better because that means all your teams are, are playing past the first weekend. But that said, I think it favors the middle of the pack Big 12 teams more so than it does the top in terms of the mentality side of things because those top three teams, not saying they, they aren't going to get out of the first weekend, but it's a lot more pressure on them. They'll still be high seeds. Whereas you might see someone like an Iowa State or, again, a TCU or someone like that who's a five or a six seed and nobody's giving them a, a shot in hell and they're playing with house money. And they might be as talented or more talented than some of these two or one seeds. Uh, and they've been battle-tested. And they're thinking, you know, we we played Houston on the road. You know, we, we, we played Baylor and Kansas. We lost to Kansas by two or whatever. You know, we can take on Marquette, even though they're a two seed or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So I think it I think it does favor the middle of that conference. I don't know. What do, what, what do you think about this? Because we have the last two years, while they had a team in the Final Four two years ago, I feel like a lot of teams haven't lived up to tournament expectations in this conference. And that has to play a part of just them beating the crap out of each other, right? I would think it does. I would think it does. And the other thing is, I also... I know that you have the Big 12 tournament. Everybody has their tournament. But I think it behooves you to say, you know what? We just went through a gauntlet. Let's just go see what happens in the Big 12 tournament. And if we lose game number one, yes. it's not a bad thing. The Scott Drew school. Well, you, you've <laughs> got to get the tournament. You, yeah. You've got to get your legs back under you before you get into the NCAA tournament because it is a absolute fast-paced grind yep. to get your way to the final bracket and playing around in a big 12 tournament i don't think it does you any good unless you're a team that is fighting for a higher seed in the big 12 in in the ncaa tournament and coming out of this conference i'm not sure that even really matters anymore i don't think so either and i mean to be honest with you i i think some of these major conferences should give up the conference tournament that's All it is me. is a moneymaker. Yeah, I, I know I know why they do it. And every couple of years, you have a team, whether it be in the ACC or the Big 12 or the SEC or something, that wins the conference tournament that wasn't going to be in the tournament anyway. Sometimes that happens. But very rarely does it actually benefit a team. <laughs> like, I mean, we've seen it the last couple of years with Texas. 
uh, and and last year they make a deep run, but for the most part, they're out in the first or second round after just winning the conference tournament. So it, it really doesn't behoove you. It doesn't, to use your word there. It it, it doesn't. I mean, yes, there there is some way where you can get prepared for the tournament schedule, right, of playing mm-hmm. two games in three days. But now we've seen it with Baylor this year. We see it with a lot of other teams where they're scheduling their non-conference like that. Let's go to a, let's do one of these tournaments, pro arena, two games in three days against against power five teams. And let's let's get this seed planted early. You know, that plus the conference schedule, that's gonna get us ready. Uh yeah, I it I've never really cared for the conference tournament. I'm glad that Baylor almost never wins a game there. Um I, I do think the rest at that point is more important. I think it's crucial. Especially when you're battle tested. I mean, if you're you know, if you're a Big East team or an AAC team, because the Big East is pretty good, but the AAC, you know, it's not that great, and and you want to get used to that schedule and playing the best teams in your conference a, a second or third go around. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess, I guess. But if you're a Baylor or a Houston or a Kansas, you've gone through the gauntlet. You know what you have. You, you've gone through it all. You've just had two months of war every other night. Every three nights, every four nights, whatever it is, rest up before you got to travel and and play a sixteen seed or fifteen seed or whatever. Yeah, I don't love the conference tournament. I don't. I, I don't, think they should I get rid of it. I don't think it. Does. It never will. But no, <laughs> I mean, there's too much money to be made. On right. It, right. Yeah. Television money, fan money, going to the arena, selling the product, making it as as big a deal as you possibly can. It's not going anywhere. No. But I don't think it it really helps you in any matter. It's useless. To I mean look if it's me and my team, we're gonna go play. (laughs) We're gonna show up, gonna wave, we're gonna shake some hands, do the pep rally. And I don't think you go in there to say, Hey, we're not gonna we're we're not going to go in there and just say, Hey, we're gonna tank. Right. You go you when when you hit the court every time, you go to win. Right. But there is a certain aspect of, hey, we're going to play our game. We're going to do our thing. We're not going to show a whole lot. We're not going right. to put it on film. Train ourselves. Here. Yes. And if it if we win, good. If we don't, well, we're okay. Yeah. And I think that's you've seen that obviously a lot from Baylor, but a lot of the top teams of the Big Twelve, especially, where you know, it's, and I think now more than ever, the seeds are determined before the conference tournament more than ever. I mean, yeah. we saw two years ago, Baylor doesn't win a game in the conference tournament. They're still a one seed because they won the regular season. So, like, that, that stuff, I mean, these top teams, they know where they're at. They have a good idea of where they're going, um, and they're ready to get on with that. They've just done the two months of it, right? Uh, whereas there are those teams in the middle, those Oklahomas, those Iowa States, who get matched up with a big dog in the first round, and they're like, we can beat these guys, and then they do. And then they get the momentum and go to the final or win it or whatever. And it's great for them. It, I, it just, and not to just pick on Baylor here, but any of those top seeds doesn't really matter much for them. Really no, doesn't. I don't think so either. Now, how open is this conference now after what we've seen over the past oh. 48 hours? Oh, man, Ward. It is. Or is it still the same? I mean, it's, it's still a defined top three in terms of just the talent and the roster build, right? I mean, there it is still a 
it is still Kansas, Baylor, Houston, in whatever order. But, I mean, crazier things happen. And, you know, in terms of the looking towards the regular season conference championship, Baylor or Houston could have a guy that goes out for a month. And, you know, they're still a two seed. They're still a top 20 team. But they lose some conference games, and all of a sudden they're four or five games back. And they can't catch a Kansas or a Houston or vice versa, whoever it is. So it does open up some spots near the top. I, I, would, I would be shocked if, like stunned, if one of those three teams is not the regular season champion. But it is going to be very congested. And I think you'll just see it more in the loss column than you will in the, in the top teams in the, in the conference standings. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see an Iowa State or an Oklahoma stick around and be in the top four in this conference either. Should be fun to watch. Well, it might not might not change the champion, but it will make for a bumpy road, man. <laughs> no, it will. Oh, boy. We'll get into some women's college basketball coming up uh, in the next hour. But coming up next, he's back. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Prescott's back to throw, looking right. Only heard here. Throws it in the end zone, caught for a touchdown in the back of the end zone. All season. By C.D. Sunday afternoon, it's playoff football with your Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. Live from AT&T Stadium. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Packers. Sunday starting with the pregame at 2 here on ESPN Central Texas. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili con queso around Central Texas. La Fiesta, a delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. You can order any of the delish Tex-Mex food online at LaFiesta.com or stop on by at 3815 Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient. From the La Fiesta family to yours, have a happy new year. I'm Kyle Tumbleton, General Manager of Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota is ranked number one for the most reliable vehicles, with data compiled from more than 300,000 vehicles built between 2000 and 2022. If you're in search of a new vehicle, Jeff Hunter Toyota offers a full selection of new Toyota models, along with a vast inventory of pre-owned vehicles. Stop by and see me or any of our team members for a great car at a fair price. Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco values. Don't miss the all-new Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. Hundreds of tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection, they have what you're looking for. Visit their website, BeltonGunShow.com, or call 817-732-1194. The Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. 
No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Kish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands. Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. Don't get a truck, get the truck. The GMC Sierra from Richard Carr, power and strength and stunning interior. GMC Sierra is the truck that has it all. Right now is hundreds of trucks on the lot ready to move at a great price. Save thousands in holiday savings on cars and trucks happening now. With trade, qualified buyers can save $10,000 on GMC Sierra SLT Crew Cab. Military and first responders save an additional $500, and restrictions apply. See dealer for details. For 24 years, Central Texas, Richard Carr has built a reputation that people you can count on for your automotive needs. Richard Carr is run by proud Central Texans and proud Baylor Bears. Log on right now to richardcarr.com today or go by and see them off Highway 6 in the Imperial exit. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. human drama of athletic competition. It's time for Stephanie Sports Talk, sponsored by Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, Lafayette Restaurant and Cantina, King Ranch Turfgrass, Mosby's Land Management, Myatt Fuels, and now, here's Stephanie. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Been waiting on pins and needles all day for that waiting for y'all to join in i thought y'all would get the hang of it by now <laughs> uh, okay all right whatever what does tada stand for i'm here okay, <laughs> okay. Look ah, at me. so it's an acronym yeah i'm here you're here okay Hear it. so i was on the googles did you guys know that animals can predict winners of a game i've seen it before yeah Elephants have predicted the Super Bowl. Dogs have predicted the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, because you know Fox Sports always does on the Super Bowl those little puppies and you the know. puppy bowl. Yeah, the puppy bowl. Well, have you ever heard of Paul the octopus? I am. Um, <laughs> I can't say that I have. No. So Paul the octopus. Paul the octopus. His name is Paul. <laughs> so Paul. Okay. okay. So many directions All with right. that, and yeah. I'm not going to. <laughs> I don't even know how you could tell if it was a Paul or a Paula, but... I'm sure there's a way. Yeah, there's probably a way. 
Well, I don't want to know. Modern how. medicine, you know. Anyway, so Paul the octopus is really, really famous over in Europe, or shall I say, was, and he was getting this worldwide attention um, for predicting like the winner of the World Cup, you know, the division finals and all that. Out of all the things that he did, he um, predicted the winner of the 2008 European Championship for soccer mm-hmm. and 2010 World Cup. Also Spain. And he, oh, that's right. You'd like soccer. Love it. Want to know who won the Euros in 2012 too? It was also Spain. First team ever to do that. Guess, anyway, go ahead. I go guess ahead. Spain is good. He just <laughs> likes Spain. He likes Spain. But you know what they eat in Spain? Octopus. Oh, uh, <laughs> Poor guy. Poor Paul. Had Poor no Paul. idea what he was doing. Well, yeah. So, um, anyways, he predicted that Spain would win, and Spain did. So, he's accurate 12 out of 14 times that he has predicted games. He has gotten 12 right. Well, they uh, somebody asked, well, his owners, you know, how does he do it? Well, what they do is they put two boxes up against his legs or whatever with food in it. And whatever team color is on the box, like red or blue, you know, the Cowboys and the Packers. And whatever box his, what do you call those things, a tentacle or his leg, goes and picks the food those, up. Those would be tentacles, not legs. Yep, tentacles. Oh, he's got octopus. He or, does not it, have legs. That's how they walk and suck. They, like, stick on stuff. But they're not legs. Well, in my mind, they're legs. <laughs> what has eight legs? Shocking. An octopus. <laughs> Well, so um, all these psychiatrists and stuff, they've researched this, and there you say that Paul the Octopus is outstanding at what he does. He's very, very smart, and so he's, like, really famous. Well, he started his life at the Sea Life Center in England, Mm -hmm. and then somebody over in Germany, I guess it's like another zoo or whatever, brought him over to Germany, and that's where he grew up, and that's where he was making his predictions. Okay. And so all his predictions that they would have him make on not just soccer, Cam, but other sports events, he was about 89% accurate in his Ooh. predictions. That's not bad. 89% is pretty good for an animal. Mm-hmm. Put some money yeah, down, kid. Pretty good for anybody. Yeah. So um, anyways, sadly enough, he passed away, though, in October of 2010. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So not Really, the end of his life was his fame. Well, yeah, he might have. Well, he had his own glass house, the aquarium, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so and and he would actually, you know, I guess it. (laughs) Well, what do you call his castle? His glass castle. Biblical parable, and it would be an aquarium. (laughs) Yeah, an aquarium. That's a long word, a big word for me to say today. (laughs) (laughs) Just aquarium. But he was, like, really famous over there, and people would line up to go see him. Mm-hmm. And um, they were even selling tickets So when it was time for him to make a prediction because people wanted to watch him, you know, dig in for his food. Right. So, um, anyways, I th- saw that, you know, they call him the goat. The goat? Mm-hmm. They because call him he, the goat. Because <laughs> he's 89%? He is the goat of the animal psychic world, they say. Animal psychic world? Yeah, so they're saying that, that these animals are well respected in those circles. <laughs> that can't be a real thing. It is. I looked it up on the Wikipedias. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love some more knowledge about about this world, really. I know he's the star, but I'm, I'm interested to hear about 
they have conventions or for the pick other things. I mean, uh, psychic animals. Well, I mean, okay, so you got the puppy bowl, right? Well, they're saying that um, animals can be very intelligent, <laughs> like a goat, most of, and more intelligent than most of the people on the road, I'd say. That's in the office, <laughs> or I'm working under, yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Dude, somebody I know. Okay, so animals like parrots, cats, pigs, ants. I didn't think an ant was an animal. I thought it was like a mammal or something. Insects. Um, Insects. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) A kangaroo, a penguin, and a meerkat. I don't know what a meerkat is. Uh, Is that like a a rat? No, it's a cat. What kind of cat? A meerkat. What does it look like? I think it would be like a cat, a version of like a prairie dog. Oh. So it's not like a small cat. It's not like a leopard or a lion. No. No. Okay. So that'd be a big cat. Like you could hold it and pet it, type. You you could. Yeah. Oh oh. I think they're not that's really like domesticated. The, that's like the person in the little animal thing in the Lion King. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly okay. what he is. They look okay. like squirrels. I don't know if they taste like squirrels. They, they probably taste like cat, chicken. But... Everything tastes like chicken except I'm not octopus. Sure if, are they are they in the feline family or are they in the rodent family? They are in the mongoose family. Okay. Oh. What's a mongoose? I, I didn't know that either. Family, I just, yeah. just saw that. I thought mongooses were like from Mongolian. Oh, here we go again. Oh, boy. We're going to get, we're gonna get like canceled turkeys here. are from Turkey. Well, it could be. Stop laughing, Aaron. Think about it. <laughs> no. The mongoose, Mongolia. Forgot about turkeys from Turkey. <laughs> we got to make sure you don't forget that. Y'all are not right. I want to go to Mongolia at some point. Why? You know why? Because I know nothing about it. There's, I, I don't know a celebrity who's Mongolian. I've never seen Mongolia at the Olympics. Isn't it I like don't know near Mongolian the Antarctica? Food. Near the Antarctica. Isn't it near the top of I'm the gonna Earth? I'm going to go and say no. It's well, between, it's cold. It's between China and Russia. That's towards the top of the Earth, Cam. Antarctica's the bottom, bottom. of the Earth. Okay, well, where's who's at the top? Russia. No, there's somebody Arctic, above the, there's the Arctic, Arctic Circle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought the Arctic and the Antarctic were the same. Well, that would be no. I thought the... Bo- I- well, the Arctic doesn't have ants. Antarctica does. It's in the name, Antarctica. I didn't even know there was something at the bottom <laughs> of the earth, honestly. Ice. What? Yeah. Just water, because the, cer- the earth is round, and you have yes. land, and you have water. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me in the start on honestly, that discussion. Honestly, you saying the earth is round, that's a good start here. That's and a it, good start. And it, <laughs> and it turns. It does. Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. And it's around something. The Actually, sun. There you Snaps. go. Snaps. See, I paid attention somewhere in class. You've got it. Yeah, you've got this part down. But when you look at the globe, when you uh-huh. look at a globe, mm-hmm. all, it's blue under there. That's why a stick can hold it. Because you're not blocking a kid to learn that there's land under there. What? That's what I was always told. Why is he laughing I'm, at I'm me? I'm having so much trouble following this, man. No. <laughs> get into my head. Think no, how I would no, think. That's, <laughs> no. That, that is nowhere dangerous. I want to go. But have you seen like a map, though? Like a yes, map of the like, world. Like, like there is the bottom is Antarctica. I didn't even. White. It's, does anybody live there? Yeah. Scientists. Scientists. Yes. Yeah. Only, yeah. But is it cold? Well, it's yes. as cold as you can get on, place this on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. My grandparents went there once, actually. But why? 
I don't know. They just wanted to see it. You you don't go like you don't go outside. How does mm. okay? I'm really not dumb, but Remember, how do people like? How does something stick to the it? bottom of the earth? But, what do you? What, it's I, called gravity. I didn't think they this had the gravity underneath at. the bottom the of the earth. The whole world has gravity. And and I'm being. I'm being serious. Are you saying, like, why isn't it falling off the earth? Because it's at the bottom? Yes. I think Now, she... this is one I haven't had to ponder before. <laughs> think about it. No, I don't want to. I, I, mean, I don't need is, to. There is, like, a bottom of the earth. It's... I don't know how to describe this, but, like, we're not just constantly falling south. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how we got on this subject. I don't either. We were talking about Paul said, the octopus. Oh, said, oh, I said Mongolia, and you said, is that near Antarctica? No. That's there. Okay, well, I'll learn something new. Mm-hmm. You want to come with Mongolia? No, I don't like the cold The cold winter weather. Well, it's weather. not as cold as Antarctica. I'll give you that. I it might is, fall off chilly. in Antarctica. No, you won't. <laughs> Into not, space. I don't fall off. You're t- uh, literally, like, you're talking like uh, you sound, and I know you're not, but... Like, you sound like a flat earther. Like, you're just going to fall off the planet. Well, that's what Christopher Columbus thought. He did, yep. That's why he, he also thought we were Indians, so. Well. Yeah, and he was wrong. I'm part Indian. <laughs> which has nothing part to do with Native American. Are Southern Europe, Africa, and Asia animals. Yeah. Hence the Lion King thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, yeah, because the Lion King was done in Africa. Yeah. Really? Yes. yes. Bang! Uh, Anyways, oh. Paul the Octopus is what I was trying to talk about. Well, you oh. did. You talked about it. He died. We did. We he did. died in two th- after he picked the World Cup winner of 2010. And, and he is a museum exhibit now. No, he's dead. He's still in They put what, him they as an stuff exhibit. Him? They should yeah. cryogenically freeze they him They stuffed yeah. an octopus. Mm-hmm. Why would you stuff an octopus? You I could eat it. I guess because he was famous. Okay, but they're... Okay, octopuses are rubbery. I, I can't explain it. I don't know. I just know he's on display. It's like trying to explain the Antarctica thing. Yeah. He's, I don't know that I really can. You know what? He's not going to fall off the museum. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, this guy this guy is a legend, man. I, I'm okay with him being stuffed. <laughs> I'm going to have to check out. Is there pictures? The hardest, the hardest yes. part about being in Antarctica is all the blood goes to your head because <laughs> you're upside down. <laughs> then you can't walk, Aaron. Oh, uh, more coaching changes. That, That's coming Aaron. up next on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Uh, Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies. Paid their way to be with the big boys in a Power 5 conference. I don't think we should read too much into these bowl games, but if you're going to complain that you should be in a New Year's Six Bowl, you better go handle a 6-6 six and six ACC team. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Mosley's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's mine. Raise your hand if you're a Secretariat fan. At UBO Business Services, Secretariat is our inspiration. 
Secretariat gave it his finest performance in the 1973 Belmont Stakes. He completed the race in a record 2 minutes, 24 seconds, winning by a record 31 lengths. This is our inspiration. Our goal is to outpace our competitors by providing an unrivaled customer experience. Reach out to UBO Business Services by calling Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Morrison's Gifts would like to thank all of their friends, family, and extended family, their customers, for another amazing year. They would also like to extend a special thanks to m M&M Broadcasters, ESPN Central Texas, and Shooter FM for helping grow their business through the uncertainty of the pandemic and recent economic concerns. Morrison's Gifts would especially like to thank the community for shopping local. Morrison's is a proud Baylor alumni-owned business serving gift-giving needs of Central Texas. Go see our friends at Morrison's Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills, close to Jason's Delhi. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. Save big on your next pre-owned car or truck at Richard Carr. Well-qualified buyers can get a pre-owned 2021 Nissan Versa for $196 a month or a pre-owned 2021 Buick Encore for $286 a month or a pre-owned 2018 Chevy Silverado for $360 a month. 100 thoroughly inspected pre-owned vehicles are on the lot and priced to sell. 100% approval is always our goal. Call, log on, or get here now for the new year, new ride pre-owned savings event at Richard Carr. At Richard Carr, we give you more. Paparola's Pizza, Waco's oldest family-owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better, Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive-thru on the way home. Order online at paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolos, voted the best pizza in Waco. Save to win at First Central Credit Union. Only $25 to start your Save to Win account. Every $25 deposit is another chance to win up to $5,000 in quarterly prizes. Save to Win accounts must be activated January 1st through April 30th. First Central's Save to Win account is the smartest way to save. Everything we do, we do for you. Speak with a member service rep for details. Go online at firstcentralcu.com for official rules. Subject to membership eligibility and application policies, member NCUA. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's my own. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Central Texas is your home of the Texas Rangers. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Bill Belichick out as the Patriots head coach. Pete Carroll out as the Seattle Seahawks head coach. Nick Saban out as Alabama's head coach. Have we had three bigger names in 24 hours just hit the football world right in the face? I guess these things come in threes, but 
holy moly. I mean, no. I, you can make a real argument for the last 24 hours having said goodbye to the best NFL coach and the best college football coach ever. Like, that's, that's a very real thing. And what's interesting with the Alabama one, too, which I'm excited about, is we have the last, going back six or seven years here, have toyed with uh, what it would look like for a coaching search for the biggest job in college football, right? I mean, LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, all of those, USC, have all been open, Oklahoma, Texas. But make no mistake about it, this is the number one job. This, this is, the other ones could make a claim, this is the number one job in college football, mainly because of what Saban has done there, you know, the history Well, before goes he before got him. there, it was in shambles since Bear it's, Bryant left. Yeah. I mean, it was not good was for Louisiana Alabama Monroe. fans. Yeah. It was bad. Not good. And somehow, he resurrected that program and made it the best program in college football. And, and maybe, maybe the best run in the history of college football, considering the context. Like, I, it's right up there. Six national championships, what, nine championship games in 15 years. It's, it's unthinkable, especially for the SEC now is as good as we've ever seen any conference in this last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And they have been the shoe-in for the conference championship for the playoffs since it's all started. It's, it's incredible what he's done there. And where does Alabama go? I mean, of course, they have no shortage of options, but you know, we heard Dan Lanning was the number one option, and he told his team today he's staying. Now, the world of college football, until they kick off the season next year, you can't be too sure, right? Uh, but there's no shortage of Saban guys, Saban disciples out there. But more than any other coach, there's a few of those who are in good enough spots that you can't see it happening. You know, the first one I would think of would be Kirby Smart. Of course, he's not leaving Georgia. No. Uh, but he is a like right Unless he goes man. to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. He, but he ain't leaving for Alabama. Um, one name that is an outside shot, but I wouldn't be too surprised, is an Alabama alum who uh, has had a, the second best run of any head coach the last 10 years, Dabo Swinney at Clemson. Mm-hmm. It, would, it, would be a, it would be a surprise, right? He's the best coach in Clemson's history. They can give him all the money they can. But things are going, quote-unquote, downhill. Clemson, which their downhill is a lot better than a lot of teams' uphills. Um, and from Clemson's point of view, they can't love the way he handles NIL and the transfer portal. I mean, no. he's been very vocally against it, and ever since that's been a, a major part of college football, Clemson has stopped going to the playoff and didn't even play in the ACC championship game this year. Um, so I'd be interested to see if he has any interest in trying something new and saying, you know, I've done what I can at Clemson. But the other side of the coin is... If he's going to go to Alabama, he better get on board with NIL I was and say, transfer. Alabama doesn't want that, right? I mean, yes. doesn't want that attitude. I mean, as much as Saban probably didn't like it, they were still at the at they the were forefront still doing of, it, right? Because that's what it takes to win. Um, I'll tell you the other one that I, I think should be probably their number two outside of Lanning, which now it seems like Lanning's staying. He's already in the SEC. Lane Kiffin, anybody? Ooh. Now that I mean, that, that I mean, makes look, sense. Doesn't obviously the Tennessee Volunteer fans listening are like, oh, take him. But 
he's done a pretty darn good job at Ole Miss. Um, I mean, leading them to a, a couple of top 10 finishes here uh, in some major bowl games and a, a major bowl victory over Penn State this year. Um, he was obviously an OC for Saban for a couple of years, two or three seasons there a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So to me, I mean, that that's a good that's a good replay. He's still young enough that he could be there for a long time and Shoney can win in this conference with this conference structure, with this NIL and transfer portal world. Uh, that's close to a no-brainer for me. Uh, and and it's just, Ole Miss is still just small enough that they ain't keeping him if Alabama comes calling. No right. way. No. No way. Uh, you know, I mean, I think- Georgia's a different story. Florida's a different story. LSU's a different story. Is Ole it? Miss is not. I, it, it's Is it? I mean, I, well, I, get yeah, what I, mean you're, I, I get what road you're going down, but if you're Coach A, I don't care what university you're at right now, and Alabama says, we want to talk to you about our open position. Yeah. Is there a coach out there who would say, thanks but no thanks? Well, maybe Dan Landing, I guess, but I would think no. I would think, I would no. think no, too. And I, I would say, though, if – Let's just say they're going after Brian Kelly at LSU. There's nothing to say that they are actually doing that, but let's just say that. Uh, LSU, I think, puts up more of a fight in terms of the money they can give him, the prestige they can give him, than, than Ole Miss can. And, and so, yes, Alabama is still A1. I think it's the best job in America. But I think what you're seeing from someone even like a Dan Lanning is Oregon can give him a ton of money and can give him a chance to win at the very highest level. You know, that that's something I always take into account when it comes to coaches leaving for new jobs is uh, Oregon, while not being in the Pac-12 anymore, can still be a real player in the Big Ten every year. They're, they're that big. Uh, but looking at someone like an Ole Miss, to go back to that original point, Kiffin has probably done, I mean, he could have a good couple of seasons here, but has probably hit the, the pinnacle of what they can do at Ole Miss. And maybe I'm just thinking about that with Saban in the conference, but like Ole Miss is not a conference championship contender every year. They're not playing in Atlanta in December every year. That's just not going to happen. Alabama, a good coach can do that in his sleep. Mm-hmm. The way I, it's structured now. I, <laughs> I think so. I would take a long, hard look at, at Lane Kiffin. I mean, you look at some of these other Saban guys and it's uh, Sark. Well, I don't think is ready for that, but absolutely could get I mean, a call. I see the I, face you're giving me. Yeah, it's someone that was going to be my next. I, I mean, I I think I think he gets a call from what he's been able to do at Texas. I absolutely think he gets a call. If I had the choice, I'd probably pick Kiffin, but maybe that's just me. Um, Sark should get a call. Uh, you know, does does Bill O'Brien get a call? You know, we saw him in limited as limited time as a college football head coach and did fairly well at Penn State. Um, and he ran an offense. Uh, there's so many guys who run an offense under under uh, Nick Saban mm-hmm. that you could go out and look at. But for me, if it's not Dan Lanning, which it doesn't seem like it is now, um, I think they they look long and hard at Lane Kiffin. I think they do make a call to Sarkeesian. I don't know if this happens. I think it's a long shot, but I think they make a call to Jim Harbaugh. I think you have to. I I I, I agree with that, but I don't think there's any way that that Jim stays in the college ranks. No, I don't. I don't think there's with the NFL teams calling. It, it exactly right. With and the ones that will be calling. I and say. I don't think he wants to deal with college football anymore. 
because of what turmoil he went through this year. And also, if you're Harbaugh, too, I mean... He wants to get back to the Super Bowl. Right. And you just rode off into the sunset. You took your alma mater and won the national championship. Why would you go and replace Nick Saban at Alabama? I, 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 do I mean, do you want to be the guy that follows the guy? You want to be the guy no, that follows the guy it. that followed the guy? You want to be followed. You, Jim I, Harbaugh is the, the one being followed. He just won the national championship. Well, I know that, but I mean. You know, yeah, you don't want to do that. You have to take in consideration what is left at Alabama and who just walked out the door. I don't know that there's a lot of coaches that say, ah, yeah, I can do that. I mean, Why not? It'll be fun. Yeah. That's what they say about getting a puppy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is Austin a better job than Tuscaloosa for Steve Starkeesian? On a normal year where both are good, I would say no, but it's very close. But with them going to the SEC and being in the SEC West, I think that widens the gap in terms of Alabama being a much better job. All things being equal, I think Texas is one of the best jobs in the country. Um, you know, with, with well, the Nobody's won six national championships at Texas. Right, right, right. Alabama is definitely still better. Um, but the thing is, it's not going to be all things equal because they're going to be in the same division. And that's not a fair fight for Texas. It's just not for anybody. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, if if it, I I just personally think that Sarkeesian has got to be option like three or four for Alabama. It's not a bad thing. I mean, he just took a team to the playoff. I mean, no, I, and look, I I don't disagree with that statement, but I'm looking at it from Sark standpoint. Sark standpoint. What is option number one for him? I mean, if Alabama opens the door and says, "Hey, come on in," he's out of Texas, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. If it gets down to that third, fourth option and it's him, and they give, yeah, no question about it from Sarkeesian. No question about it. I don't, I don't think he leaves Texas for Alabama. You don't think so? They're, they're too close. I mean, why would you? It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. <laughs> I, I know that Alabama's won national championships, obviously, under Saban, but Texas is just as close right now roster-wise. They're, they're, yeah. Well, they're not – Equal to Alabama roster-wise yet, but they've closed I mean, the gap considerably in there. That's not a bad well, argument. They did just beat Alabama. And well, that, and here's and the other that. thing to consider, <laughs> like, too. That's not a bad argument. The yeah. roster is there. Yeah. The other thing to consider, too. Five years he, ago. He's got, his, yeah. he's got his foundation set at Texas, right? right? Right. And it's going in the right direction. I think you could agree with that. I can. You go into Alabama, and you're having to put your mark on Alabama and put your foundation at Alabama, you may have, with them going in for a new coach and Nick Saban not being there, you may have, to Aaron's point, the upper hand on one Alabama right for right now. For right at, at this second, yes. I, I will say, though, in ter- and I get it, in terms of putting we your don't own know. foundation at Alabama, I, I would say that's easier than what he had to deal with putting a foundation at Texas. Sure. I don't think Alabama's going 5-7. and seven. Unless I'm their head coach, like I, I just don't think they will. I don't um, either. So I, I agree think it's probably that. a little bit easier to set up that foundation. I one hundred percent. And the brand power, not that again. I, this is making it seem like Texas is poor. Of course, Texas is one of the great brands in college football, but Alabama is a one over anyone else. I mean, the last fifteen years, 
any kid that gets an offer from Alabama, the other coaches are are wrapping it up and moving on to somewhere else. Like that that is the number one place in college football right now. And so I I think the the floor is higher for Sarkeesian at Alabama than it is at Texas. Now, would I be stunned if he turns them down to stay at UT? I'd be a I'd little be shocked. I'd be a little surprised. I don't know if I'd be as shocked as you because of the foundation thing and and the momentum that Texas has. I think I think the athletic department down there is thinking we can't let this guy leave because Saban's out the door. Like, what is our luck? We're finally in the SEC, SEC West, and Saban is gone. Like this, this he might be seeing this as a huge opportunity for Texas more so than a huge opportunity for him to be at Alabama. I'm sure the athletic department is thinking that more than Steve Sarkeesian is. But uh, you know, it, to Aaron's point, it is more even than it was a few years ago between those two programs. Mm-hmm. That said. More even than it was 24 hours ago. Right, right. That said, if you just pose the original question to me, is Sarkeesian going to say no to Alabama? I'm going to say no. He will not say no. He will say yes. I think he does, too, if if that comes to fruition. I don't know. He may not. I, I would have to think that he's on the radar. He's only three yeah. years removed from he's being the OC. He's got to be on the short list, right? Is there going to be a definite drop-off for the Crimson Tide with Nick Saban, no matter who takes over, is there going to be a dramatic drop-off for this football team? Their fan base might think it's dramatic. ESPN might think it's dramatic. But when you look overall, I don't think it's going to be too dramatic. I think they're still comfortably a winning football team. Uh, and we'll see how many guys are hitting the portal when Saban's gone. And, and what They've that already does. had a couple. Yep. But, you know, I mean, this was a legit playoff team this year. Not like some of the vintage Alabama teams of the last decade, but still very good and one of the best teams in the nation the last eight or nine weeks of the year. They were one drive away from being in the national championship. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Again. And uh, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like an eight and four, which for them is doomsday, right? I mean, we're seeing with Clemson. Uh, but I would be quite surprised within two or three years if they're not back in the playoff. I'd be really surprised. I think the the foundation is that good at that program, and they're and they're going to get one of the best coaches in the country. You know, they're not bringing in Dave Aranda. <laughs> they are they are bringing in a a top notch. If Steve Sarkeesian is your third or fourth option, they're going to be okay. I think so. I mean, what's the better job right now? And I know that Michigan's not open, but we know Michigan's going to open up, right? Yep. There's no way that Harbaugh stays at Michigan. I don't think. I could be wrong. I know it hadn't been announced yet. It had. There's nothing come of it yet. But I don't think there's any way he's back at Michigan. What's the better job in college football right now? One of those two jobs, or is there another one out there you look at and go, hmm, maybe, maybe with the 12-team playoff coming, this could be a better job. I think it has, in my mind, it has to be Alabama. I know Michigan's coming off the national championship, but in my mind, it has to be Alabama's the biggest job out there. I would agree. Yeah, I'm still going with Bama. Now, if I overthink it a little bit, the job that I think would be, quote-unquote, easiest, I think would be Clemson because of the conference they play in. And we have seen that you can win there and the brand power has been enhanced quite a bit. Um, so that if someone like a, again, a, a good coach, but someone like a Kiffin or a Sarkeesian went to Clemson, 
they would be back in the playoff. Like they would, it would be kind of business as usual under what it was under Dabla's heyday. Uh, but yes, Alabama is still the number one job. And it's crazy. I mean, let's play it out. If Sarkeesian is the guy for Alabama, then we could see an offseason all after the national championship game where Alabama, Michigan, and Texas are all open, which is after the national championship game, after the last college football game of the season. That would be an incredible scramble. An incredible I, scramble. I, I think it would be a lot of fun. It would be great for us. I mean, we don't have a dog in the fight. Let me throw this name out there for you. Please do. And I don't know if it might be legitimate or not, but and part of it is because it kind of went downhill at the end of the season for one Lincoln Riley at USC. But is he name. a name that might pop up for one of these jobs that his track record at Oklahoma, his offense, and what he brings to the table might be a fit? Yes, yes. I was thinking about that name yesterday. Now, it, it might be tough to lure him away from USC if USC doesn't want him to go. That, that could be tough. But if I'm Michigan... I'm certainly thinking about Lincoln Riley or again, playing out this hypothetical scenario, which is two steps ahead of everything. But if Sarkeesian goes to, to Alabama, I'm thinking about him if I'm UT. Mm-hmm. I, I still think there's a, a good head coach in there. Um, personally, I think it is going downhill at USC and I don't see it ending well um, for him or for that program. But yeah. I would think about it, and and I think more importantly, if Kiffin goes to Alabama, I think Ole Miss will throw the kitchen sink at him. I don't know if it's big enough to lure him away from USC if USC ain't pushing him away, but for someone like a an Ole Miss, that that's a goldmine to bring in a, a Lincoln Riley. Is Lincoln Riley probably a better fit at Ole Miss than he is at USC? Because I just don't think, yeah, I think so. I just don't think that Lincoln Riley fits at USC, and that's. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just it seems like that that's been clunky ever since he got there. Yeah. I, I think, and you know what's actually really interesting about this is the parallels, because we were saying the same thing 10 years ago about Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. I don't think that works at USC. Or, boy, that didn't work at Tennessee, and, oh, that didn't work with the Raiders. You know, it, it's a eerily similar scenario in terms of where they've been, what their specialties are, uh, and like I said, I mean, Lane Kiffin's had some pretty good success at Ole Miss. I'm talking BCS bowl games, top 10 finishes. I, I think that probably is a good place for someone like Lincoln Riley. Uh, you know, a, a kind of a second tier, but still pretty good program. I, I, the other name I think of is the one that uh, Ole Miss played in the bowl game, a program like Penn State, mm-hmm. you know, or, or shoot, even Michigan before Harbaugh got there. They were a second-tier program in the Big Ten. Michigan State, same way. Uh, yeah, I think he's more successful at one of those places. It's just all about how bad USC wants to get rid of him. Well, and, and, and it may not be may not be USC's choice. He, no, may but, be, he may be sitting there going, well, I know. They may, they may throw the kitchen sink at him to keep him there. Right. But I don't think they will after what you saw what happened. I, I could see a world where... Giffen goes to Alabama, Ole Miss gives the call to Lincoln Riley. Riley goes into the AD's office and says, hey, you know, Ole Miss is trying to, trying to, you know, get me in there for an interview, just so you know. And I could see USC saying, 
boy, that's great for you, Lincoln. I think you should give that a shot. <laughs> like it, it could be one of those things where it's almost the perfect scenario where USC can point to it and say, well, you know, we were on the bit of a decline and look at all this money Ole Miss gave him. I mean, we, uh, how could Lincoln say no? And, and they can actually bring in someone that they think might fit better. I think for Lincoln's career, he'd be better off at somewhere like Ole Miss, but in terms of what he wants and where he's living and the money he's getting and the private jet at a USC, maybe it's better in LA. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I don't think know. That, I think that will be one of the hot. It, no matter what happens this this cycle, I think Lincoln Riley will be the hottest name in the coaching cycle next year. Because I, I I don't see him. I, I, like we talked about this before, but. I think if you're talking about expectations at USC and for Lincoln Riley this year, even in the Big Ten, they are in the Big Ten West. I think if you're them, you're thinking, we got to be in the conference championship game. And if we lose to Michigan or Ohio State, whatever. But we've got to be in that game. We we have to be in a, we have to have a seat at the table. I mean, we're top 10, top five the last couple of years, and we have nothing to show for it. So to that end, if they don't get there and they don't win 10 games or whatever it needs to be at USC, 10 or 11 games, then he will be out the door next year. And some programs might find that harsh, but I don't, I don't think USC will. No, I don't think they will either. There's high expectations, and they've got to be met at some point. And right now they're not being yeah, met. I mean, USC is – this goes beyond Riley. I mean, this has been a, a not great run since Carroll left. 15 years ago almost right. now, 10, 10, 12 years ago. Um, they've had they've run through a couple of guys. You know, they had the Kiffin. They had the Orgeron. They had Sarkeesian, by the way. Um, and I think in that span, they've won the Rose Bowl once. Like, that is the expectation at USC in a year that that's not a playoff game. Like, that, that, that is where you need to be. You need to be winning the conference, winning the Rose Bowl, top 10 nationally. And they have not been able to do that. And they thought Lincoln Riley was the answer. I thought Lincoln Riley was the answer. And so far, not so good. More college football coming up next here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor, Big 12 basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The 14th-ranked Bears hosting Cincinnati Saturday evening in Foster Pavilion. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Saturday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor basketball, ESPN Central Texas. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili con queso around Central Texas. La Fiesta, a delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. You can order any of the delish Tex-Mex food online at LaFiesta.com or stop on by at 3815 Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient. From the La Fiesta family to yours, have a happy new year. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal windows direct. Now
now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Every day, Incommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, Incommons Bank offers modern day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At InCommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. It's Matt Mosley. You can make the decision right now to get lasting relief from that awful joint pain for 2024. Don't go another year compromising because of that pain in your knees or shoulder or like my neck, for instance. Call QC Kinetics now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative, non-surgical pain relief. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. This is not a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again, get your life back. And listen, it's non-surgical. It's very important. If this is the year you decide to fight back against that pain, take the first step now. Call QC Kinetics. Get a free consultation on the calendar. Call 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100. Price on number 132092. Eligible trade-in. Inquire for full discount. See dealer for details. Save big at the New Year New Truck Savings Event at Richard Carr. GMC Sierra is the best truck on the road with the ride of a luxury sedan inside a powerful work truck. Right now, save $10,000 on a GMC Sierra SLT with a 5.3 liter V8 and a multi-pro tailgate. Richard Carr also has big savings on over 100 new and used trucks in stock right now. Call now, get here now, or log on now for the New Year New Truck Savings at Richard Carr. Richard Carr. They have the truck for you. Sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Joining us now on this Thirsty Thursday, your boy Q from Game Night on ESPN. Q, how are we doing? 
Man, I'm fantastic, man. Anytime it's a Thirsty Thursday, you know I'm excited. I'm good to go. I hear that California love. I'm throwing the dubs up. You're going to make me not want to work tonight. Now I'm just going to go party and celebrate and hang out with you guys, man. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do it. I'm all for that. Hey, (laughs) wow. Where to start after this last 24 hours? Black Monday has turned into a week of chaos in the NFL. Bigger surprise, Belichick leaving the Patriots or Pete Carroll leaving the Seahawks? Or do they have something in common? I mean, they they all have something in common, and even going to Nick Saban in college. I mean, but it's 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 I think more surprising Pete Carroll because we have been hearing about Bill Belichick, right? We have been hearing that this was probably going to be the year that they were going to make a change and they were going to move on and uh, you know agree to to mutually part ways, whatever that means, right? Hmm. Uh, you know, they I've, I've mutually agreed to part ways with plenty of places, but that means I got fired. Right? <laughs> 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 so. I just think that that's always funny when they use that term. But, no, man, I mean, the Pete Carroll thing really kind of blew my mind. And, you know, every year when there are the, the firings, there's always that one that's a super surprise. And it actually threw me off this year. I thought that when Mike Vrabel was fired in Tennessee with the Titans, I was like, oh, there it is. That was the one that I didn't see coming. And then they're like, oh, hold on, wait a, wait a few minutes. And then that's when Pete Carroll came down the next day. And I was like, whoa, now that's the one I didn't expect to see because that one is one that – I just hadn't heard. I hadn't heard any rumblings. I mean, he led the team to the playoffs with Geno Smith last year. I know they came up a little short this year, but he still had Geno Smith and not really a whole lot more to go around that. But I guess after doing some research and deep diving myself, uh, you know, the defense of the, the Seahawks just hasn't been what it's supposed to be. And they've invested a lot of money in draft capital and haven't got the return on investment. So, I mean, when it's all said and done, I guess it makes sense. But, man, it was a surprise to hear that. And then they said that they're reassigning him, putting him in a, you know advisory role. And that might as well, you might as well say you agreed to mutually part ways. I mean, it's all the same thing. He's not on the sideline. He's not doing what he wants to do. So that was a super shock to me. And with looking at those two NFL ones specifically, because I don't think Saban falls into the same category, but with Carroll and Belichick, do you think it's just a case of, you know, these guys are in their 70s. They haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years. The game has just kind of passed them by a little bit. I don't think the game has passed them by. I think when you're a football coach, I think you know football. But I do believe that we see the game evolve. We do see that, you know, guys are being talked to differently. They're being coached differently. It's not quite what it used to be. I mean, I, I like to say, even though I'm not an old dude, I got them old dude kind of, you know, mentalities where you could coach me up like a Belichick would coach a guy up or like a Pete Carroll would. And, and, and you know, my feelings aren't going to get hurt when you tell me to do something and you tell me in a stern voice. Like, I feel like, okay, that means coach cares and he thinks he can get the most out of me. Great. That's what's going on. But these days it's a little bit different as we all know, right? I mean, the way that these guys, you know, have, have so much control as players in the organization, as opposed to what they did back in the day, it used to be the coach was the guy, what coach said, you did, you just, you, you know, you went and he said, jump, you said, how high, sir. Now it's like, man, I don't feel like jumping right now. How about I jump later? Right. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of what it is. It's just different, right? It's not, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just different. And so I think that you're starting to see guys like, Dan Campbell that, you know, can talk to the players and, and relate to them. You're seeing D'Amico Ryans, you know, Rabel, that surprised me because Rabel is one of those guys I feel like kind of gets through to his players really well as well. And, you know, there's, there's a few other coaches that are out there that I think have an opportunity. Like I question what's going on in Denver with Sean Payton. Cause I don't know if his style is going to work. I don't know if that's going to actually work there because he's just not, he's more of do as I say, not that, you know, and your, whatever that saying is, you know, the, whatever it is, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's like, it's my way or the highway. That's what I'm looking for. 
is it's and it's I don't know if that works. And so that's kind of you know when I look at Belichick and I look at at Carroll, I think that those are a couple of the issues. And then the other issue that I think with those guys are they have all the power, right? They have all the power to make all the decisions. So it's like you have a general manager, but do you really? Right. I mean, it's not really it's like it's like, OK, Bill Belichick was the guy that was the personnel guy in New England. And what's their biggest issue? Their personnel is not very good. And Pete Carroll was the end all be all. John Schneider is a really good GM in Seattle. But really, Pete Carroll was the end all be all. They went and made a trade for Leonard Williams. That obviously didn't work out. They signed Frank Clark. That didn't work out. They brought in Jamal Adams. They gave him a boatload of draft picks and gave him money. And that never worked out. And I'm a big Jamal Adams guy, but he just a shell of himself. So I just think that all that combination, man, the, the uh, evolution of the game, the way that, you know, these, these, uh, the, the power structure that these coaches have, like too much power and, you know, just getting older as well. So it's, it's, it's a combination of everything that happened with those guys. Hugh Myers host a game night here on ESPN with us on the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And Q, is it coincidental that Belichick agrees to mutually part ways, whatever it is, after Bayroll is let go at Tennessee? No, I don't think so. I always felt like, you know, I, I always felt like that Rabel was going to end up there. You know, like they're, they're, I thought they were, they were going to trade, though. I didn't think that he was going to get fired because I didn't think he was a coach that should be fired. I think he's done a really good job at Tennessee. So uh, I think that there's plenty of interest in New England. So, uh, yeah, no coincidence, right? Those two are, are, I think, tied at the hip. I think we'll see uh, sooner rather than later Mike Vrabel end up being the New England Patriots head coach. And that's why I was really shocked when they fired Vrabel because I thought, you could have just traded them. And the owner, she came out and said that it takes too long. They didn't want to be, you know, the, at the back of the line for whoever they're trying to bring in. But I, I did I never bought any of that. So I think that when it's all said and done, you'll see Mike Vrabel as the next head coach there in uh, in New England, and, and then they'll just go from there. So no, I think that at all timing is everything, man. And I think all the timing really worked out. And at Q, I mean, you, you just said it. You think it's going to be Frabel in New England. Any thought if he doesn't end up there, if they promote Gerard Mayo or something like that, is he a candidate for your Raiders? Um, Frabel should be. He should be a candidate for the Raiders. There's no doubt. I mean, he's just – the track record is there. I think that he should definitely be a guy that's under consideration. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh is a guy that's under consideration, just won the national championship game. Uh, but for my money, with the Raiders, it's Antonio Pierce. I think he should get the job, and it shouldn't even be a question. Like, you can do your interviews, do your due diligence. Maybe there's a diamond in the rough that you come across. But I think for, for everything that we've already seen on the grass and the resume, I think Antonio Pierce should be the guy. Now, I mean, when it comes to Vrabel, uh, he's he's been there, done that, right? You've seen the you've seen the evidence. So his resume is also on the grass. So I definitely think that that's a conversation. And if he's interested in your team, then you have to you know you have to consider it. But you have to figure out and you have to ask him how are you going to fix the offense? The offense is the problem. Uh, how, that, that's got to be like the biggest question. Like, what are you going to do to revamp this offense and get it cooking? Because the defense looks good, but what are you what are you going to do? How are you going to put your thumbprint on? the offense and make it good. And if he can answer that, then okay, then maybe he's a finalist. But again, for my money, and I think that this is how it's going to shake out, I think Antonio Pierce is going to be the job or get the job here in Vegas. Your boy Q with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And you mentioned him earlier, and we all know you, roll tide, but Nick Saban leaves the Alabama Crimson Tide. And for me, it's for one reason only. It's college free agency, the world we live in now. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like the NIL. He doesn't like dealing with the transfer portal. So he says... I'm out of here. Yeah, I agree, man. And that one, I that you want to talk about one that shocked me. I uh, I was live on the air when it when it came out, right? When the news shook out, and I looked at Twitter, 
and I looked at Twitter a second time. Then I looked at it a third time, and I literally paused in the middle of whatever I was saying, right? Whatever my conversation was, I paused, and I was like, hold on, man. I got to I gotta take this in real quick. And then I read the breaking news on the air live, and I was like, that is wild to me. And then everything started hitting, you know, and I go back to the uh, the loss at the Rose Bowl to, to Michigan and the way that he lost and that fourth down call and the fact that he didn't lose his mind when they called that and he just took his headset off and he walked off. And then later on he said this was, the, you know, one of the greatest uh, Alabama teams that he had ever coached, knowing that they didn't get to the final, uh, to the national championship game. I was like, wait, hold on, that's, that can't be real. But now that I think about it, the team overachieved. He was very comfortable with, okay, this this team got almost on the doorstep of the national championship game, got out coached a little bit at the end, and he was comfortable in his own skin to say, okay, I'm just going to walk away. But what you said, Ward, is spot on. NIL, transfer portal, and it's funny, we had Greg McElroy on the show last night on the, on game night on ESPN Radio, and I asked him about that, and he said, yeah, he's tired of recruiting his own players. I mean, at the, you have to continue to recruit. It's like one thing to recruit your players, you get them to sign, and then you're good to go. Now, with the transfer portal, the way that it is in NIL, these guys, after the season's over, nine guys from Alabama immediately transferred. Mm-hmm. So now you're, re- you're recruiting your guys that are already in the mix. You've got to recruit them to stay. Well, you've got to re-recruit them. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's a, p- a part of it. That's a major part at 72 years old. He just got tired of that, right? It's just something like, man, what – what are we doing? So, yeah, that, that whole NIL, you know, to, to say that, and it's funny, I, I heard Matt Rule say this the other day. Uh, he said to get a quarterback in college, to get a starting quarterback in college, you need like $2 million, which blew my mind. Think about that. When, does, when did Nick Saban in Alabama ever need money to get someone to go there and commit to <laughs> yeah. stay there? Never. But now you do because you can get money to be a guy. You can get big money. I mean, think about this. I'll bring it locally here. We had a guy that was a quarterback at UNLV, and UNLV hasn't been worth a salt on the football field in a very long time. But uh, Jaden Maeva, he's a, a, a like a redshirt freshman, and he got some action this year, and he played really well. And he got he got UNLV to a, a bowl game, and so I thought, okay, well that'll be great next year. He's gonna you know come back, come back strong. No, he transfers, and first he committed to Georgia. You tell me this guy went from UNLV to Georgia? Like something's not the math doesn't math there. And then he says, you know what? I was gonna go and be a backup at Georgia. I'm gonna go end up being a starter at USC. So you're telling me that UNLV talent is all of a sudden a starting quarterback at USC? Yeah, that USC. Like that's that's how wild this is, right? I mean, like, are you kidding me? That just happened. So this guy, you want to talk about getting upgraded? It's like going from, you know, the, the, the outhouse to the penthouse, right? No disrespect <laughs> to UNLV, but some things aren't created equal, right? I mean, it's like, come on, what are you talking about? So it was it was so wild, but that's what the that's what it is now, man. So you've got to continue to recruit. You've got to continue to put cash in these guys' pockets because if you're not, you're going to lose them. It's just that simple. Hey, Q, looking at uh, Seattle a little bit more, um, <laughs> we've been talking this week, Jim Harbaugh, likely the best, most cushy situation is L.A. with the Chargers. Are there any chance that Seattle makes a call to Harbaugh or really makes any call outside of Cowboys D.C. Dan Quinn? I don't think he makes, they make a call to Harbaugh only because John Snyder, the GM, wants to have his power. And that was part of the problem with Pete Carroll. He didn't have the power. If you bring in Jim Harbaugh, guess what you don't have? You have no power whatsoever. <laughs> you have no power. So I just don't think that that's a good philosophical 
uh, fit. I don't, I don't think that those two things go together. Uh, I think that Dan Quinn's probably going to be a guy that they go target because of the familiarity. And, and I'll say this, I don't even like that fit. I really don't. I, I was talking about it last night on the show. I, I don't like that fit because he's been there, done that. So you're familiar with him. You're, you're, you know, you had some success because he helped with the Legion of Boom, right? There's been a lot of coaches that left uh, Seattle as defensive coordinators and gone on, and they weren't that successful. Like, I mean, think about Dan Quinn. Even Dan Quinn is a head coach in Atlanta. It was good. Got to the Super Bowl. They lost, right? So, I mean, he didn't really do that. Um, you know, of course, he's doing great in Dallas with the defense, but that's the defense. That's not the head coach position. Gus Bradley, he left Seattle as a head coach. He didn't do very good. Defensive coordinator, sure, he's great. Right. I mean, Ken Norton Jr., defensive coordinator, he was all right. You know, he left Seattle, too. I mean, it's just I, I don't there's a reason why your ex is your ex. Right. <laughs> and, and when you start to get that feeling like, you know what? I was just young then. We're different now. No, you're not. Right. The same thing <laughs> that irritated you about your ex then is going to irritate you now. So, yeah, you might be able to get that feeling back for a quick minute. And, you know, like my grandmother said, just because it feels good, it looks good. Don't mean it always is good. Right. <laughs> I mean, at some point you're going to realize that, yeah. It's just my ex. I think that what they need to do, Pete Carroll was a a defensive-minded guy. They need to go and try to target a young offensive-minded guy, some guy that they can go and get the most out of their offensive scheme, get some real quality skill players outside of DK Metcalf on offense. Right? I mean, they have some young dudes, but they just don't have enough. That's what they need to do. I think Seattle needs to go full bore on finding an offensive-minded head coach that can really take that offense to the next level. And I don't know what that means for Geno Smith. They may have to go ahead and, you know, find another quarterback. But, and that's fine. I never thought Geno Smith was a great quarterback, but they did some good things with him last year. So I'm, I'm all in the camp of stay away from Dan Quinn. Let him do what he's doing. I think he does it at a great level as a defensive coordinator. And guess what? That's okay. It's okay to be a great defensive coordinator. Everyone doesn't have to be the CEO. Somebody has just got to be the employee. And Dan Quinn should be the employee. Hugh Myers from Game Night with us here on ESPN Central Texas. And offensive-minded, you know my feelings. but. Yeah. Kellen Moore is the next head coach in Seattle. Is that a possibility with his familiarity and their familiarity with him being up in Washington? Man, you you must have been listening to game night last night because I, <laughs> I that was one of the names that I suggested. I know he interviewed with the Chargers, but we also know things didn't work out very well with the Chargers this year when him being the offensive coordinator. That was actually one of the suggestions that I had. I think that he could do that, do exactly what you just said and do exactly what I just said. I think he has that opportunity. They are familiar with him, but it's not their ex. Right. I mean, they right. may have kind of flirted with him from across the room, but never really, you know, never really made any real deal moves. And now they have an opportunity. I do think that that's a guy that should be under consideration. I'm sure he's on the short list. I'm sure he'll get an interview. You know, I think that there's plenty of other guys, offensive coordinator there in Houston. I actually think he's going to end up in Tennessee. So kind of watch out for that. Bobby Slowick. I think he's going to end up in Tennessee because they have the familiarity with the GM that was uh, with, they were together in San Francisco. So I connected those dots already. So you can thank me later for that little nugget. But uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a, there's a good, there's a good uh, idea. I like Kellen Moore to Seattle. I think that that would be a good fit. And Q, looking at the games this weekend, what's the one that that jumps off the page for you for whatever it, wacky wild card weekend, ultra wild card weekend, whatever you call it? It's got to be Miami well, got- and Kansas City being on Peacock. What in the <laughs> world are we doing? Yeah, guess what? I ain't watching it. No, I, me either. I, I, I'm not watching it. Now, if I end up in a sports bar, because every once in a while I may end up in a sports bar, and it happens to be on, cool. I'll watch it, but I ain't going to go out of my way to watch that. When you want to put it on Peacock, cool. I'm good. Go on and keep it on Peacock. That's all right. Go on take a little knives. Go on take a little fruit. <laughs> you, know I mean? you can watch The Office right after. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. And that's what they're banking on. 
Right. So there's that. But uh, the games that I'm really paying attention to and I'm excited about, I mean, I want to see the Houston and, uh, and Cleveland game just because I want to see C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans, what they could do. That's the first game of the weekend on Saturday. So that's always exciting. But the two with the biggest storylines, one, obviously you guys are very well invested in. That's the Cowboys and the Packers. I want to see Mike McCarthy going up against his old team. I want to see what Jordan Love can do in that one. Seeing what the Cowboys can do. They're at home, so I'm expecting they're going to put up about 40 points as they normally do. But I think that that storyline's cool. But then right after it, right, Matt Stafford returns to to Detroit to take on the Lions. Uh, Jared Goff takes on his former team in the Rams. I mean, that storyline writes itself. That one's a really good one. So those two games right there, man, those are the ones that I'm really focus in on and thinking that those are going to be the best ones of the weekend, just because the storylines, there's just like the story inside the game. So that's what I'll be paying attention to. Does Philadelphia get back on track or does Tampa Bay take care of business and get them out of the playoffs? Man, Tampa Bay is about to kick them out the club. You know what I mean? They ain't even got the right dress code on the, the, the <laughs> Eagles, man. The, the Eagles are going in. They're about to, I don't even know if Jalen Hurts is going to play. He's talking about how banged up his hand is. He ain't throwing the ball in like forever. And I know that there's some things, you know, that he could be, you know, playing playing like he's dumb or dead or whatever, you know, playing possum, or he could really be a, a possum that got ran over and is, is dead in the middle of the road, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like what's going on in Philly. They've lost five out of the last six, man. They, they've got some real problems. They got to get into the offseason, figure out what's going on. I'll tell you this, if they get ran out the club and get kicked out and really get beat up on, uh, on Monday to finish off a super wild card weekend, I wouldn't be shocked if Nick Sirianni gets fired. I'll just go ahead and throw that one out there. I wouldn't be surprised, even though he just was in the Super Bowl a year ago. They lost. But it looks like the things have gone off the rails there in Philadelphia. And maybe the two most important coaches that they had are the two coaches that they lost. You know, uh, Steichen going to Mm -hmm. Indianapolis as the head coach there. And Gannon gone to Arizona as the head coach there. And Arizona, even though they're not a good team, they play tough all season long. So I think that that has a little something to do with it. That defense is terrible in Philadelphia. Uh, they can't stop us from scoring. They're just, they're not very good, man. And, and Jalen Hurts looks like he's taking a step back and he's been injured a lot this year. And think about this. This is a team that started out 10-1. and one, And now they're 11-6 and six and we're talking about they're about to get kicked out the clubs. The first round of the playoffs are going to be done. I would be shocked if they make it to the next round. I would be super shocked. Q Myers hosts a game night with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And we talked about Dan Quinn being a head coach, going back to Seattle. And I agree with you as a defense. There's some guys that are built to be defensive coordinators and not head coaches. We've all seen it yeah. before many, yep. many times. But with yep. that being said, still, with Dan Quinn, maybe even the question marks that he might be looking for a head job or interviewing for head jobs. Is this in the present time the best chance for the Cowboys to get back to the Super Bowl? Is it Super Bowl or bust for the Cowboys this year with what they have on the roster? It should be. It really should be. And and I hesitate to say that only because it's the Cowboys that I feel like every time we feel like they're in that position to be that team, Super Bowl or bust, something goes wrong, right? And But they've got the defense, and, and that's, what, that's all I really care about. They've got the defense to win a championship. There's, I mean, hands down, there's no doubt. They have that. They've got playmakers. They've got guys that will take the ball away, uh, you know, and, and they've got a quarterback that's playing at a, at a high level. Uh, my, my questions, the two questions I have with the Cowboys are the two questions I've had with the Cowboys for a while. Can they run the ball and can they stop the run, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, but, but when you throw the ball, there's a good chance that you're, you're going to be, in, it's going to be an incompletion or it's going to be taken the other way. I mean, I just, it's just that simple. They, they have those guys, those ball hawks that fly around and they remind me of the, you know, kind of the Legion of Boom when, when Dan Quinn and them were cooking in Seattle. But I just, 
those are the two areas that concern me. And the fact that it's the Cowboys and the Cowboys always find a way to, you know, not live up to the expectations that we put on them. So as much as I want to say that they should be playing here in Vegas on February 11th, uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it because, well, I've been down this road too many times, as you guys very well know. And, and you talked about this could be the end for Sirianni if it, it continues to go poorly into this weekend because of the locker room culture and all that. And I know it's very different tales, very different teams, but if the Cowboys aren't in at least in that conference championship, let alone Vegas, could this be the end for Mike McCarthy? Does Jerry Jones look in a different direction for the franchise? I don't know. I've heard that a lot. I don't feel like it is. I thought going into the season, there was going to be a lot on Mike McCarthy. I thought that he was going to have to really prove himself. And I think there was a little bit of a point there where it's like, wait, hold on. This isn't looking the way it's supposed to be going. I think this might, you know, might be trouble, but I feel like that they got things turned around. I I mean, if you're not going to put Mike McCarthy there, unless you're going to, you know, promote Dan Quinn, then I mean, then who, right? Who's the, who's the next best option out there? Uh, I, I just, I don't see it. Sean Payton's already in Denver. Jim Harbaugh's not going there. I mean, I could tell you that, and and you know that would be that would be something to t- talk about. Uh, I mean, I guess you could always try to woo Kellen Moore back, but is that what you really want? I, I don't know. You can, but do you want to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you really want to do all that? So I I think that I would just I would rock rock with Mike McCarthy. I think he's done a, a good job. Uh, he's got this team right where they're they they need to be. Uh, they need to obviously go out there and put up a you know put up a good performance this weekend against the the Packers. But again, a team that's been averaging about forty points at home, I don't have I don't think they're going to have any problem with the Packers. But it'll still be a, a fun game and entertaining just because of storylines. Your boy Q hosts a game night here on ESPN with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. What's coming up tonight, Q? Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, oh no, a basketball game, a <laughs> basketball game. That is kicking us off the radio, and even though it's not a stupid game, well, it is a stupid game. Actually, it's the Lakers. The Lakers ain't worth salt these days, so who cares about them? But no, uh, yeah, we're getting kicked off the, the airwaves tonight, but we'll be back strong tomorrow. We, but And we've had some great days this week. With all the news and notes going on, man, we've had a lot to talk about. We stayed on an extra hour following the national championship game, so we were on even later. But man, yeah. So today, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna celebrate. You're not angry, are you? I am. Yeah, I'm very angry. I'm very angry, man. (laughs) I might, I might call, I might call you from the bar around, uh, I don't know, around midnight my time, which will be two in the morning. I'll be like, man, I'm still not on the radio award. Damn it, what's going on? (laughs) Go ahead. You know the number. (laughs) I do. Yes, I do, brother. (laughs) Uh, He is your boy Q, host of Game Night on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, Q, always appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week, man. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you as always, brother. There he goes, your boy Q. And I knew that would make him angry. He does not <laughs> like not being on the air. No. It's so great. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> oh, thanks to Q for joining us here on the Press Box. Brought to you by Scott's Lease Trailers and Pickup Outfitters. We'll take the final break. Well, no, we won't. We'll keep it right here. Let's just roll it to the end. Is that okay, Aaron? Are you okay with that? All right. We'll just All keep right. it right here. Your favorite game coming up in Wild Card Weekend. And oh, we'll talk man. more about this over the next couple of days, but just just looking from right now, is there one that you say take Dallas out of it because right. we know right we're gonna, me we, noted Cowboys fan anyways. So. Well, we know we're going to be <laughs> all up in. to our elbows and yes. Cowboys. All right. Besides that game, is there another game that you go? I'm not missing that. Uh, well. The one I would love to say that about is the Peacock game. It's the Kansas City Miami game. I'm so angry uh, about that because that I think that might be the best matchup. I'm I'm rolling with Q though. I'm intrigued 
to see this Houston-Cleveland game. Mm-hmm. Big time. I mean, these are two teams who are coming in who have been playing playoff football for a month now. I, I keep saying that. Um, they have hot quarterbacks on very different ends of the career spectrum here. Uh, and both teams that are franchises that are dying for a playoff win. I know Cleveland's had one recently, as in within the last six years or so. But uh, they are these teams are just dying to really take the next step in that in that rebuild. So that's the one I'm most intrigued by. I think I would love to watch more of that Kansas City Miami game, and I'll, and I'll keep tabs on Buffalo because I think Buffalo has been just as hot as the Rams. And they don't get necessarily the shine. Now, they've gotten plenty of shine the last couple of years. I'm not yeah. complaining about that. But uh, I'm interested to see whether they can keep this thing rolling and if their quarterback can be a little less chaotic. We'll have more on Wild Card Weekend coming up tomorrow here on the Press Box. Coming up next, J-Mo will join you. And he will be with you till 3 o'clock, followed by the Matt Mosley Show. It's all right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Cam and Aaron, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. Recently on the John Moore Show. Jim Haller, our guest. Well, first of all, it's hard to believe that I never coached a game in there and it's been open 36 years. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I tell you, I've enjoyed that arena. It's brought a lot of great memories to Baylor fans. And as great as it's been, I am so excited about what the Foster Pavilion mean for the future of both of these programs. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive 